Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Andy Addis, and special guest, Mark Clifton. We plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. But Lord, when will your harvest come in? I'm giving all I've got to give in the place where I've been sent. But will my labor make much difference in the end? Sometimes I feel so all alone Like the prophet Jeremiah You may be the one to go To the dying and the broken With a message of hope To that church on the corner Of that forgotten little town To a room of empty peers where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make him known It just takes one willing soul to make him known That's you, Rural Pastor We are so thankful for you joining us here at the Rural Pastor Podcast Where we want to pour into, partner with, and pat on the back for all the work that you do and remind you you're not alone and this is so important. My name's Andy Addis and I am the volunteer rural strategist for the North American Mission Board Replant Team. And I'm Mark Clifton and I get the joy of leading that team at your North American Mission Board. And I get the double joy of being on a podcast with Andy Addis, who had a great and historic uh, career in broadcasting. Oh my uh, goodness! Long before this, yeah, I started uh, earlier than I should have just, at thirteen at just, KVGB in Great Bend. You know, you're just a regular Wolfman Jack, man. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Casey Kasem. That's what you. Are. Oh, now you're talking my language. Sundays, the top Sundays, forty the top with 40, Casey. Yes, and the dedication, the long distance dedication. Who is Keep your feet on the ground and reach for the stars. <laughs> We're getting older every week. We are, aren't we? People have no idea what we're talking about. They, they just laugh at the two old guys who are talking about old stuff. There we go. Uh, this week, we are continuing on our journey. Uh, not only do I get this incredible opportunity to serve as a volunteer with the replant team, but I have a day job, too. I'm the pastor of uh, Crosspoint Church, which is a rural multi-site network. And, and we've been fortunate enough to produce a book that talks about the 20 years of growth becoming that kind of network church. We've been going through those principles, and today we're at principle number seven, and it simply says this, a kingdom focus redefines wins. If you have a kingdom focus, it redefines what goes on the scoreboard as a win for your we church. We definitely need to change our scoreboard matrix in our churches. We have to get away from the fact that only what happens in our property on Sunday morning is the scoreboard for success, because that is not true. And the, the thing that keeps us from doing that, you're 100% right, is that there is an inbred territoriality in churches based on what we talked about last week, this view of the scarcity of resources. Mm -hmm. And we see it in the way that we just, we're, we're almost jealous of other opportunities. Almost? Okay, we are jealous. <laughs> I mean, what, what color is the sky in your world, bro? My, my, uh, one of my really good friends has been since seminary, so for 20 years. His name's Jonathan Curtis. He's the pastor of uh, Little Rock's First Baptist Church. Okay. And he spent a lot of years, he and I were running around together. We were in a little ministry called 180 Degrees. Matt Atherton was the worship leader. I was mm -hmm. the speaker. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan 
was uh, an illusionist. Okay. It was great. Mission, his mission called Seeing is Not Believing, uh, mm-hmm. or Seeing, I don't know, something, something, like, like, something like that. Uh, but I remember once he came back from an independent gig, and he was telling us that there were flyers all over town that were talking about, come see Jonathan, his show's at this time, free pizza, you know, like right. churches do. Right. But as he was driving into town, another church had taken one of those uh, pullable signs uh-huh. that light up you can put your own letters on yeah. it says yeah no magicians no pizza <laughs> just jesus <laughs> man what a welcome <laughs> no wait wait i take it said no wizards no wizards <laughs> no pizza no just wizard jesus. no pizza just jesus <laughs> i felt so uh, bad for him but he, he had such a good heart about it went ahead and did their ministry but that that kind of competitive territoriality is i think tearing the church apart Oh, I think I think Satan knows that. He knows our competitive spirit. He knows especially in North America, we're all about being competing. We always, you know, who's ahead? Everything is about who's in charge, who's ahead, who's making more than we are. And so in our church life, man, it is just it is just ingrained. It's a terrible thing. It's not godly. It's not New Testament. It's not right. But man, I mean, we are always comparing ourselves to somebody else. What would it mean? Let's just talk about this. Let's say your church is producing something. Every church produces something. And here, here's the reality. Every church in, a, in the country, and just in our tribe, it's like 48, 49,000 churches every weekend. Mm-hmm. They all produce a message. Mm-hmm. They all produce a worship service. Right. They're all, wh- what would it mean, though, if instead of everybody reproducing that, what if we could reproduce our stuff and it would help somebody else at what they were doing? Yeah. What if we reproduced our stuff and uh, and somebody used it and never gave us credit? Right. What, and I know that's a huge issue. Oh, plagiarism. What, what, what if it was because it was being produced for the purpose of helping other churches as exactly. a resource to go out there? Exactly. In other words, we take the effort that we're already exhibiting, or exerting, I should mm-hmm. say, and it doesn't just go out once to our people, but we could make it available to all kinds of folks. Absolutely. And so we start thinking from the mindset of how do we live and work and breathe and do what we do for the purpose of not just us, but for the purpose of others as well. And, and that's kind of the purpose, or that's kind of the projection on this, on, on how do we get away from this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say there are two words that if we learn to say these with meaning— that I think we can get past some territoriality. So I'm going to try this out on All you. All right, what are they? Yay, God. Yay, God. Yep. You not know, yay it, us, not yay me, not yay my church, my brand, my denomination, but yay God. Yeah, so like when you look down the road and you see a church that's killing it, or they have an amazing event, or all of a sudden things have turned around, instead of speculating or tearing them down, just yay God. You know, you go to some of you are listening to us, I, I know the churches you have, and I know the struggle that you have when you're there. Uh, the church is declining. It's mm. maybe elderly. It, there's not any young people, not any children, and they've called you to be the, the magic maker and come turn this whole thing around. And I, I know, But you know what? You can show up next Sunday morning, and you can be confident of one thing absolutely, totally, and that is that somewhere that week, some miraculous things happened in God in the family of God. Mm. Some miraculous things happened Amen. in the church somewhere, maybe across the county, but maybe across the globe. But you can gather Sunday morning and you can celebrate what God's doing somewhere else as though it's happening right there where you are because we're all the same family. 
You can celebrate every Sunday morning, no matter who shows up, no matter how difficult your situation is, because I promise you, God's doing something pretty amazing someplace that day. Absolutely. I, I've, I've said this for a while, and I want to see if you and I are on the same page. I've prayed for it. I just want to be a part of revival. I want yeah. to see God bust some stuff open. Yeah. I, I have prayed that God would just send his reign and change everything, but then I've been challenged by the fact, what if he did that one church over? Mm-hmm. Not at your place. What, would I celebrate it yeah. as much? I mean, that's that's a litmus test for my own heart, and that's the yay God thing. Now, you know that uh, I've shared with you that that I lead a rural multi-site network, and so we, we have these locations. We replant, and we revitalize, and we plant, and we do all that. Uh, but uh, several years ago, we did the one-year journey. Now, the what? The one-year journey. Okay, what's that? For us, if a church comes to us and says, hey, we got a million dollars in the bank and, and 100 50 people, uh, we'd like to be a part of the church. I thank God he's never tested me with stats <laughs> like that, but we'd be like, okay, in a year... Oh, I see. Yeah, we're see. we're gonna dance for a year. There's, there's like a courtship, right? Uh, okay. Because because we want to make sure you know what you're getting okay. into and what we're getting into. Okay. So we did the one year dance with the church uh, and uh, and had a great time. They we saw some real health, saw some good things happen. We got to the end of that and we're having that Fisher Cut Bait meeting, right? Yeah, and right. we're talking about it. we're gonna vote and make this. Uh, we're gonna get married. And uh, I could sense an awkwardness in the room. Okay. And uh, then there was I said. What's what's happening? And the leadership looked at me and said, "We don't want to be unkind, but we feel like in this last year we gotten strong and we can do this." Okay. And and instead of going, I can't believe that you have led us down this road. No, we we stepped back and went, "Yay, God!" Yeah, that's fantastic. And for six years now, that church that we partnered with and we helped, they got back on their feet. And we don't, we're, they don't have our shingle out front, but that's okay. We also don't have their bills, yeah. right? And they're they're doing great, right? And you know, again, this is rural pastors, so this may not have as much to do with rural pastors, some, but certainly urban pastors. This whole idea now of, uh, like you do, you campus churches, right? Mm-hmm. I've come across some men who want to campus churches because they like to increase their brand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And increase their uh, their just their brand. I shall leave it at that. Right. And and that's not God honoring. And what you're talking about is totally different because you said you know you worked with them for a year. God grew them in that year, and you let them you let them go. Also, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, I, they, they, he spent a lot of time investing. His church did in several congregations, and when they got to a certain level of strength, it was like these things they're ready to go, and just let them go. I mean, there, there's different ways of doing it, but it's all about the kingdom. It's all about God's work being accomplished, regardless of who gets the credit, or regardless of whose brand is on it, because none of that's going to matter in heaven, right, around Amen. the throne. You know, the only one that matters is Jesus, and we do it for Him. And so I, I just think this, especially, and you know, you know, guys, small, you know, in a city, I don't know, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I've been both in an urban setting. I've been in Kansas City and Atlanta and Montreal. I've served in those cities, and I certainly have served and lived in rural America. And I think many times in rural America, it's more competitive than in the cities. You get one little town, and a few miles away is another little town. Now, maybe they haven't had schools in those separate towns for 50 years. Now the schools are all consolidated. Mm. But they still kind of have that sense that, well, we're this town, they're that town. May just be six miles apart. But there's a lot of competition there right. still. Rivalries. Rivalries, even with those churches. And so I, 
I've seen it in rural America that that and sometimes the more the little town declines, the 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 more the rivalry becomes strong. Especially if another town gets the Dollar General, mm. or if another town gets the Walmart, and then all the money goes to that town, and our town dries up. Well, then the big church in where the Walmart town is, that church growing and they're doing great. We're out here in the country and we're struggling. I'm telling you, I hear that, and mm-hmm. there's nothing remotely godly about any of that. If that town grows with a Walmart and that Walmart church grows in that town, you ought to just celebrate and rejoice in that because yay that's God. part of Yay, God. Yay, yay God. God. Absolutely. And if we can get that ingrained in our system, uh, then then we lose some of the burden of having to accuse everybody else, right? We can Isn't just do truth? what God has called us to do. There you go. So I've got three or four things here that will help move us from being territorial to more kingdom-focused. All right, let's hear them. I'm the, ready. And, and I know I've seen on uh, social media that you guys do some of these really well, so I want right. to get your input. But number one, uh, you can become more kingdom-minded by playing out in your facilities, by sharing them, mm-hmm. by giving them sometimes, mm-hmm. or by using them up for community needs. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the, the facilities that you have, if you don't protect them like they're a, a, a sacred cow, but you use them, you can become more kingdom-minded. Yeah, they're a resource, mm-hmm. and and God's not going to give you any more resources if you don't if you're not a good steward of the one you've got. So if you don't share your building generously, ridiculously. Now, he's not going to give you much more resources. So when I was at Warnell, we had this huge building and hardly anybody in it. So yeah, we just said, hey, you know, if you're a, a church that loves Jesus and preaches the gospel correctly and has sound doctrine, come on, we got room for you here. Amen. And we didn't charge them. You know, if they could help us pay the rent or help us pay the bills, help us pay utilities, that would be fine. But we didn't, it wasn't a money-making thing for us. It was a kingdom thing for us. And people said, well, you got like four churches meeting in that building right now, which we did, mm. right? Well, isn't that confusing to people? No, I don't think so. But you know what? We put a big sign, a big banner out front, and it said, we're Warner Road Baptist Church. We share our building and our hearts with, and then we listed the four other churches that were in there. That's great. So, I mean, hey, we're all here together. In fact, on the door, you'd go to the back door, and there would be, you know, it was all the names of all the churches. We share this building and our hearts with all of the, with these congregations. And we just loved each other, and, and we just shared the building. And, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It just begins sometimes with that. A bunch of spiritual mutts in that place. It was like a Absolutely. dog pound, right? It was crazy. It <laughs> was fun. great. That's it great. So facilities are one way to break down that wall. Here's another one. You change your scoreboard from people seated to people sent. And that's true. I mean, you look at your ministry footprint each week, mm. and everybody in your congregation should be sent. Mm-hmm. Every member is a missionary. I know that sounds kind of like something you put on a bumper sticker, but it's true. Yeah. Every member is a missionary. That sign that's at the edge of the parking lot in a lot of churches says you're now entering the mission yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even more than that, we should have that mentality to literally say, if somebody raises up here, we de- we disciple, we develop, we deploy them, and then they go start a church somewhere else. Right. Or they do ministry in another place. Right. We should celebrate that. That's right. another yay God. It's hugely important. And if, if, they, if, if they find out that there's an opportunity in another church that has a need and they feel like they need to go there, man, they need to be free to do that. And we need to encourage that. Encourage that. Don't discourage it. Don't sort of send these under-the-table remarks, man, we don't want to lose you, man, we can't lose go without you. I right. want to do if you left. We can't give away our best. No, man. If God wants to, God will replace him. It's his church. He's up to that. He can do it. Uh, How about this one? Uh, The resources that are created. Maybe your church uh, does a great VBS at the beginning of summer. 
Wouldn't it be great if all those decorations and handouts and even some of your workers went to help another church? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So you just be able to share all those things. Yeah. I, I guess it boils down to that. I got a bunch of old Christmas decorations at Linwood <laughs> that we'd be glad to share with anybody uh, who would like now, to Now listen, have is them. this a yay God or get this stuff out of here a moment? <laughs> I got some really great ones there. I got I got some three-foot wise men that scare the daylights out of me. And you... <laughs> We don't need that mess. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it boils down to this. Uh, as a church, what are your open hand versus closed hand issues? There are some things that you say, no, this is us, and this always has to be us, but what can you transfer uh, out of that closed hand to the open hand that you say, this can fall through our fingers, this can belong to others, this is a kingdom issue, and, and it doesn't have to be just us. And so I think part of praying through that is how do you have the open hand versus closed hand, and it all comes back to the scarcity of resources. So let me let me share this one story before we get to a big resource that we'd like to share okay, with you all. Um, I took my uh, my son to, when we were brand new in Hutchinson, to a football game, and uh, I told him if he was real good at halftime, I'd take him down and get whatever he wanted from the concession stand. And he said, um, that'd be great. And he was super quiet. Halftime buzzer rings, and he's already up walking towards the concession stand. We took him down there, and he got himself a king-size bag of peanut M&Ms and a 20-ounce bottle of Dr. Pepper because he's an American. Okay. Right? Right. Well, I didn't want anything, and so we just came back and sat down. Now, he's eating those... M&M's, and have you ever watched somebody eat M&M's and you didn't want one, but now you want one? Yeah, and all of a sudden now you want one. Now I want yeah. one. So I said, hey, buddy, yeah, give Daddy an M. Yeah. And his little five-year-old self looked at me and went, no. No. <laughs> I said, okay, now you misunderstood. <laughs> when your daddy says give me an M, you give me an M. And I bumped him. I said, yeah. give me an M. And he said, I said no. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, now it's a parenting <laughs> issue. We, we are done with this. I said, boy, give me an M right now. And he turned his shoulder to me, crumpled yeah. the top of the bag yeah. and said, no. Uh-huh. And I, I know what was going on. He was thinking, I've seen that boy eat. Uh-huh. Yeah, if I give him one, he's going to take them all. <laughs> They're all gone. And he was thinking that this bag will be gone before the game is over. I'm gonna... But what he forgot is I'm the one. Who gave him the M and M's? That's a great story. I broke a fifty mm-hmm. to buy him that. If I wanted to, I could go down and buy them out of M and M's. Come back in the stands and rain M and M's down on him. Right. He he was not at a place of scarcity of resources. It was just what was in his hands. He forgot what was in his father's hands. Great. And you and I and church, we get so uptight with other churches who are doing well or not sharing what we have because they might get ahead or holding on with closed hands what should be in an open hand simply because we think there's a scarcity of resources, but we ain't got nothing that God hadn't given us in the first place. That's true. I heard a wise speaker at uh, the SBC this last year who said this, that dying churches, struggling churches, always focus on what they don't have, and they miss the fact that they still have the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. And they need, that was you, by the way. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) It was, it was it was a powerful powerful moment that that the 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 reason we don't say yay god is because we believe in a scarcity of resources and that is a lie of the devil that's right jesus will not necessarily and probably won't resource your plans for his church mm. but he'll spare nothing from heaven oh. to resource his plan for your church so if if it's his plan he'll give you the resources you can say, oh, that's not true. Yeah, it is true. Mm. And, and I've seen it, and it's been going on for 2,000 years. That's right. 
if it's your plan, he's probably going to let you try to figure it out yourself. If it's your church, if your church members, if it's what they want, that's not the point. But if it's his plan, if you yield to his plan, he'll provide the resources. There is no scarcity of resources with our Lord. Amen and amen. One way and one place we want to promote this as we wrap up on this podcast is that there is something that the Replant team has been able to develop, and we use the model of what Crosspoint Church has been doing and created something called replanthub.com. And this is a, a collection of 10 to 15, I don't know where we are at this point, 10 to 15 yeah. churches that are so kingdom-minded, everything that they produce that is their content created, they're making available to any church who would want to use it. There are preaching resources, there are videos, there are uh, graphics packages, and probably most importantly, there's a lot of worship resources for music, churches who hymns, need that. Music, words on the screen, all that kind of stuff. And and here's the cost. Go to replanthub.com and sign up. And it's free. Because all these churches that are gathered there have said, yes, we want to help. We want you to have what we have, and, we, and if God uses it where you are, yay God. That's right. And these churches have all been vetted. Uh, for those of us who are Southern Baptists, these are all cooperating Southern Baptist churches mm-hmm. uh, who've affirmed the Baptist faith and message 2000. I mean, that's important to some folks. It is. So that these you can trust these. They're also churches who care about you. And so if, if you go out there and you see, hey, here's a sermon series on Genesis. And by mm-hmm. the way, they're all great sermon series. And your sermon series are on there, so you can go to Andy's. Also, the Lenexa Baptist, there's a sermon series on Genesis there that I think is the best I've ever heard. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely best. I mean, you ought to, you could use that on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights, and just it would just be transformative for your congregation. And you just down, and, and they'll send you all the worksheets that go with it, anything that goes with it. And then these, these 12 or 15 churches, however many we have right now that are contributing churches, if you email them and say, hey, we're using your Sunday night thing on your Sunday Sunday nights, uh, your 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 resources. We'd like to know more about your church. They'll reach back out to you. Absolutely, and that's part of the deal for being one of, of those deal. churches. They care about you. Mm-hmm. We're saying, listen to us. You're not alone. Go to the Replant Hub. Look at all the resources that are there. Download whatever you want to download. Use whatever you want to use. Maybe you want to start a Bible fellowship in the next little town over. There's no pastor over there. Man, download a series on Genesis or something. Gather some people in a home and watch it on Sunday nights and see if God won't raise up a church over there. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything to do that because there are churches across North America now that want to push these resources out and give them to you absolutely free, including some good worship resources for music Mm -hmm. and all kinds of things. And the whole purpose is that they are kingdom-minded, and if you're kingdom-minded, here's the other half, the receiving half of that, well, I didn't create this, and Mm -hmm. I didn't do this. Let me just be honest with you, there ain't nothing new under the sun. (laughs) No, there is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and we yeah. just need to understand that sometimes if we got a full-time job, we're co-vocational, bivocational, yeah. let's be honest, tri-vocational, right. Right. Uh, that, that we could use an assist from time to time. And there right. are churches that say, let's do this together. Right. And when we do, we can say, yay, God. And I'm not sure they're on there right now, but we've got some sermon helps coming, too, to put on there. Some right. some, some instructional things on how to plan your sermons, how to put sermons together. We want to help guys. We would take some older pastors who are really, really established and have done a really good job of the preaching ministry, and we want to, just like they're sitting right in your living room, want to be able to help you really put together some good sermons, good messages, and how you can do that. All of us need that. I mean, I, I've i benefited so much because my 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 father was an amazing pastor, so I, he, he mm. helped me understand through that. 
really my great uncle who led my dad to Christ. He was my first guy who ever got me my first church, and he was the pastor there. I learned from him. I know some of you didn't have a great uncle who was a good preacher or a dad <laughs> who was a great preacher. So we want to give you some resources, some help that will help you move on down the field a little bit in your preaching skills as well. And if you forget where to go, don't worry about it, because there's a link to the Replant Hub from the ruralpastorpodcast.com right. where you're already at. So just look go. around. What a privilege to have you here. We are praying that we would become that body of people who are more kingdom-minded than anything else. And let me leave you with a word of Scripture related to that. Matthew 6, 31 through 33. If you could see it, these words would be in red. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Listen, we are so pleased that you're joining us here, and we are so proud to support the work of the rural pastor. You are not alone, and what you do is so important. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town, to a room of empty pews where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you've sown. But it just takes one willing soul to make him known. Thank you so much for joining us at the ruralpastorpodcast.com. A special thanks to Chosen Road for this incredible theme music, to 180 Digital, our corporate sponsor, and you can check out both of them at our website as well as other resources because you're not alone. And Rural Pastor, we believe in you at theruralpastorpodcast.com.